0: Um, I wonder whether you have difficulty remembering things when you get to, where am I going with all this? Well, in the Bible, there are over 250 commands to us to remember, to remember something, to remember things. And I thought just for a few moments this morning, before we come to the the greatest memory feast of all round the table, maybe we can think about that for, for some time. Um i'm looking if you want to look in a bible at joshua in the old testament in chapter 4 i won't read it all now but um this is a well-known episode in the life of the church in the old testament the children of israel and i think in this little passage here in joshua 4 there are some lessons for us to prepare us to us to think about why we remember why should we remember different things in terms of the christian faith Let me just set the scene for you. Uh, It's an important time in the life of the children of Israel. Why? They have just crossed the Jordan. They've just crossed Jordan. And uh, the text tells us that they got to the west side of Jordan, to the Promised Land side, and they were told by God, Joshua told the people that they were to take out of the bottom of the Jordan because the Jordan was miraculously stopped for them to cross. They had to take out 12 stones. And those stones were to be erected on the Promised Land side of the Jordan as a memorial for the people to remember what God had done for them. And there's at least three reasons here why this is done. I think the first one is this. It's an opportunity for teaching. It's an opportunity for teaching. That's what the text says. Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, or their children ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you'd all crossed over. So, They are to use that opportunity whenever those stones were seen as a teaching opportunity to tell them why the stones were there. Now, I think that raises an interesting question for us as a church and uh, as Christian families. Here's a very important principle, isn't it, in terms of teaching. How were they to teach? Well, they were to teach by answering the question that the children were asking or the descendants were asking. And I think that's always a good principle in teaching and in Christian teaching. You can teach very effectively by asking and answering questions that people are asking. So when we apply it to the teaching of the Bible and the Christian faith, it's important that we're always trying to answer the questions that are on people's minds, that are on people's hearts. There's little point in just simply dumping great lumps of. Of knowledge even Bible knowledge on people if they don't see the relevance of it to their lives how is this going to help so very simple are we answering the questions that people are asking are we answering the questions that our children or grandchildren are asking our five are all grown up now and, and left home but we used to have the most amazing questions and I'm sure you have the same if you have children or grandchildren from from young children amazing questions about faith about life and so on are we answering those questions and of course it's a challenge to us isn't it they should be asking us why do you do that or why don't you do that or why do we do it like this why are we a bit different from other families because They see a difference in our lives. And so when they ask you, as a parent or a grandparent, why? Well, says the text, you tell them. It's a great opportunity for teaching. And what are we to tell them? The Lord your God dried up Jordan before them until they'd all crossed over. Well, not exactly that, but we're to tell them, in other words, what God has done. What God has done for us. His amazing character, His power, His glory and tell them about his mercy and his grace and how he's rescued us and kept us from that time until today and so then obviously as we tell them those things here's the second thing about these stones they're an opportunity for worship an opportunity for teaching but an opportunity for worship at the very end of our passage here in verse 24 the lord your god did this to the jordan What he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we crossed over, he did this so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So that you might always fear the Lord your God. Now, of course, the fear that uh, the Bible is speaking of there and Joshua is speaking of is not some cringing terror of God that sends us away in dread. he's talking to god's people but it is the 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 awe the respect the worship that we feel that we give to god because of who he is and because of what he has done he is the lord of all the earth of all creation and so says joshua when you see these stones piled up on the west bank of the of the jordan in gilgal you're to remember and to reverently fear god lovingly worship god as you remember his goodness they must never forget this day. Why? Well, this day was one of those momentous days in the history of God's people. We might not get it just superficially as we read the text, although it is mentioned here even in that uh, verse, in verse 24. But in verse 19, we're told this, these details. It was the tenth day of the first month When the people crossed the Jordan. Why tell us that? Well, you see, that is a day of particular significance because it was the very same day, but exactly 40 years before, when the people were slaves in Egypt and they were told to kill the Passover lamb, to mark their doorposts with the blood, and so began that great exodus, that great rescue from Egypt. And now, Forty years later, this event would bring them into the promised land, or at least to the west side of Jordan. Forty years later. So, forty years previously, they'd faced the most monumental event in their nation's history. They'd come out of the land of Egypt. And yet, for forty years... They'd wandered around in the wilderness because of their disobedience and their failure and their lack of trust in God. And so many of them never t- tasted the land flowing with milk and honey. And now Joshua perhaps recognizes that in his mercy and grace, God has brought these people back almost to a second, another start, as it were, a second beginning, like... The crossing of the Red Sea, as he says, he's done what he did for us when we crossed the Red Sea. Now you're back in line with his plans. You're walking in obedience to him. And now here's this great second deliverance, crossing the Jordan. And so a new opportunity now to once again commit to love and serve God in the land of promise. So these stones were to be a constant reminder of God's power, yes, but also of his patience. Of his perseverance with them despite their sin despite their waywardness their failure their lack of obedience their lack of trust god was still with them and bringing them on and leading them to the promised land i think something like that can happen to us in the christian life can't it maybe you maybe you've been a christian for a while and if you're honest you've sort of drifted a bit it's been a bit of a wilderness or maybe simply you've been a christian and because it just becomes very familiar we can become a bit blasé we can we can take the christian faith and these great truths for granted and even the blessings that god showers upon us like having a good church to belong to where we can come freely to worship we get all too familiar with these things and so perhaps what we need is for our memories to be jogged from time to time to remember what God has done for us. Remember, perhaps, the what-if of faith. What if? Where would I be now if it wasn't for Jesus Christ and that he, he loves me and he's found me and I'm part of his family? Where Where would I be now if it were not for the patience and, and the persevering love of God with me when I think of Like these people, how so often I'm disobedient and I fail. The answer, of course, is without God's persevering, patient and his love, then we we would be nowhere. We probably wouldn't be here this morning. We'd be lost, we'd be hopeless. So we need these reminders of the grace and the love and the perseverance and the mercy of God. Different ways in which we remember what God has done for us. I think in each of our lives, probably, uh, we have different ways in which we can particularly remember or places that we particularly remember what God has done for us. Maybe your stones are not stones, but a special place or a particular book that means a lot to you or a hymn or a song or a picture or a word of prophecy or, or a verse that was given to you at a particular time. Promises of God, and it's good to remember the way in which God has dealt so mercifully with us. But above all, of course, God has given us a place of remembrance in a few moments when we take the bread and the wine at the Lord's table, when we come with empty hands and take that cup to our lips. That is when, surely, above all times, from Deep within us, we should say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me, rescuing me. Thank you for for this physical reminder, this bread and this wine, so that my faith can almost hold it, as it were, and and my faith, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can be kept fresh and renewed, uh, and I can still be gripped by the reality of your love, The reality of your presence in this bread and wine and uh, by the spirit jesus applies to our souls to our inner beings the benefit of christ's death and resurrection this is perhaps the greatest memorial of all isn't it and it's a great opportunity to worship so these memorial stones were an opportunity to teach an opportunity to worship and then finally They were an opportunity for mission. Just at the end of verse 24 in this chapter, this is what the text says. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he'd done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us and so on. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. So that all the peoples of the earth might know. You see, the story the experience of God's great power and love and strength, the miracles that he works for those who trust him, it's not just for us. It's not just for us to keep it selfishly. The story is for all peoples so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. It's a story. It's an experience. It's a telling that's meant to turn the hearts of the unbelievers to this God of grace, and to worship him also. Right right from the beginning of the Hebrew nation, in fact, from the call of Abraham, God's purposes were always to bless the whole earth. Through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, says God to Abraham. So you see the pattern? We are blessed to be a blessing. We are rescued in order to rescue others. We are loved in order to share that love with those who know nothing of the love of God and who desperately need to hear about it and to experience it. And as we remember and rejoice and worship and thank God for his saving acts for ourselves, we're to share that joy with others so that they too will be included in God's grace. I think one of the um, delights these days for us of family gatherings, as I said at the beginning, our five have all grown up and left the family home. But when we do, if we ever do get together now and again through the year, one of the delights um, is is recalling stuff that happened to us uh, as a family. Uh, wonderful memories. And uh, as we're sitting around, perhaps of an evening or the table, one will say, "Oh you remember when, so and so on. Usually they're funny things. Usually they're about me, but uh, <laughs> we won't worry about that. But things that happened to us, or nearly happened to you, uh, maybe sometimes, yeah, amazing examples of God's protection, especially when we were living in Namibia, of his provision for us. Do you remember when? So and so. Yes, that's right, yes. You know, it's, it's much more than we realize it's shared memories that define a family like that that sense of shared history it creates that sense of belonging and of identity as we share together well you know it's exactly the same in the life of faith and in the family of god we belong to this great community in this world today the community that remembers the wonderful events of our salvation We belong to the family of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we gather now in a few moments after our next song to remember, to share this wonderful family memory, the greatest rescue mission of all that the world has ever known, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's an opportunity for teaching, to remind us of God's grace and mercy. It's it's obviously an opportunity for worship, to to worship god to confess our sins to to rededicate ourselves to following this wonderful lord jesus christ and it's then an opportunity for mission we're to go out and tell others what god has done for us and what he's willing to do for them well as i say we're going to do that now in a minute but first of all we're going to sing